CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome to Inside the Tunnel, brought to you by VT Scoop 24/7 Sports. My name is Andrew Alex, joined today by the head man himself, Evan G. Watkins. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Now that these technical difficulties are over, I'm good to go. Yes, very, (coughs) very, very frustrating technical technical difficulties here in the beginning, but all's well that ends well, I guess. And uh, I'm glad I'm happy because Virginia Tech coaching shakeups galore. It is a... Uh, a turbulent time, at least on the offensive staff. And, you know, it's a relatively difficult thing to do to make those replacements this late season. Alas, Brad Glenn and Joe Rudolph both heading out the door. The Hokies make a move and they had to take it fast. And they made it in a way that Virginia Tech fans might not necessarily have expected. They did not take... The, the conventional path in terms of replacing both position coaches that left with outside guys. A little bit of shuffling around, but Elijah Brooks and Ron Crook heading to Blacksburg. Brooks, the running backs coach from Maryland, former head coach at Jamatha High School. He will be coaching the running backs in Blacksburg, whereas Ron Crook will take over for Joe Rudolph, leading the offensive line. Brooke from South Dakota, formerly at the University of Cincinnati. Evan, I want to start with the new guys in the building. And with such a recruiting focus, I guess Brooks draws the most attention to me. Was this a strategic move with that in mind? Was this, let's get the best guy available who will come to Blacksburg in terms of fit with what they're trying to do with the program. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when I, I wrote a story about what Brent Pry should look at with recla- replacing coaches, and I could have just said recruit, 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 but I had to add some other filler in there. That was clearly a main focus of at least the running back position. When you hire a running backs coach, you want to staff a recruiter there. Um, that's typically what you'll do. Uh, at the wide receiver position as well. They have Fontel Mines there already doing great jobs on the on the recruiting trail. So, you know, getting Elijah Brooks, that was a name that we heard a little bit about. We heard also about Darrell Sims out of uh, Cincinnati as being a guy that could be a, come in and be a running backs coach and be a, a, a pretty prolific recruiter as well for Virginia Tech. So, um, you know, there were some buyout uh, issues with Sims and Brooks. You know, if you want to call him, plan B, if you want to call him one, you know, one B uh, to, to Sims, I think both of them are very good, uh, very good coaches. Now, Brooks is a little bit younger in the coaching ranks. He's only got about four years at Maryland, but in four years at Maryland, he signed five four stars. So 
you know, you can't really hate that. And this is a guy that is super connected. Like you said, he was the head coach at DeMatha for a really long time. Very well respected. Now, you may not he, – he may not be the guy that goes out and has his name listed as the, the primary recruiter for a lot of recruits for Virginia Tech, but he's going to be involved. Um, he's a guy you definitely bring in because of his connections. He's as connected as they come in the, you know, the DMV area. Him and, and Tyler Bowen there should be able to open some doors, maybe some doors that have been shut in the past. Uh, they should be able to open those doors back up and, and have uh, Virginia Tech get some access to a, a very, you know, a, a hotbed of talent, you know, in that in that area. So obviously Maryland is going to be involved with uh, with a lot of the recruits up there, Penn State, Michigan, um, Clemson recruits up there, Ohio State, Notre Dame. So it's not going to be a you hire him, you you get guys, but you hire a guy like Elijah Brooks and you open doors. Um, you you get a little more credibility in the schools. And he obviously has a, a who's who of guys he used to coach, whether in high school or even in college that have gone on to do big things. So, you know, I think when you look at it from the whole the whole package, recruiting had to be the main focus. Virginia Tech has to get better there. And I think that that was a main priority. And then when you look at what he's done, in his short time at Maryland, I mean, they've had a, a pretty prolific running attack, um, you know, and I think they've been pretty good. Jake Funk was leading the the FBS in uh, yards per attempt. They had a really good duo, I think, the year before that, um, you know, and I think, you know, you look at what he's done on uh, on paper and you look at the names associated with his recruiting and his ties. He fits exactly what Virginia Tech needs. Uh, and, and, you know, he might be a guy that can open some doors quickly and, get some guys to visit. He offered a, a player the other night, the first one he's extended, and I expect him to extend a lot more. Now, on the offensive line side, it seemed like a year ago, Joe Runoff was about as big of a splash as you could imagine making if you're Virginia Tech trying to bring in a position coach. And I guess hindsight is, well, it's always twenty twenty. Right, because clearly Rudolph saw that Paul Christ was probably about to be headed out the door there at Wisconsin, wanted to probably separate himself from that. But with the uh, the name, and despite what could really only be described as a lackluster performance from the offensive line of Virginia Tech in 2022, Notre Dame came calling. And that is a tough position group to replace their leader for this deep into the offseason. Ron Crook is that man. Do you feel like the South Dakota, I guess I don't even know how to word that, the guy who came over from South Dakota is sufficient option? Do you feel like the resume with what he did at Cincinnati is enough for fans to say we can put our faith in this guy after coming from Rudolph and then a very accomplished coach in Vance Vice before him. Yeah, you know, I think when you look at it, if you look at it in, in a vacuum of you got a tight ends coach from South Dakota to come be the offensive line coach at Virginia Tech, if you look at it at that surface level, it's not a splash. And a lot of people will probably say, 
it's a bad hire, it's a reach, you know, it's this and that. But if you peel that back a little bit, so he was at Cincinnati and helped Cincinnati's offensive line um, and offense in general become dominant. He took them to the college football playoff. Uh, he was very integral in that. First G5 team to ever do it. Helped get them uh, where they are in, in the program that they are. Uh, before then, he was at West Virginia. Before that, he was at Stanford. You think about West Coast and offensive line, you think about Stanford. That's a that's a great uh, offensive line tradition there. He co- uh, coached tight ends and tackles there. Um, and then, you know, you, you keep going back through the things he's done and the people that he's coached. And you can start to see why, especially at this time in the cycle, he makes sense. He's got ties to West Virginia. He's from West Virginia. He recruits Ohio. Uh, Joe Rudolph was recruiting Ohio. Um, you know, he can come in and, and start to create some relationships in the state of Virginia with the guys that, that he's recruiting. I know he reached out to three Virginia offensive linemen in the 2024 class the day he was announced he was hired. So he's he's not a guy that's going to sit back and, and um, you know, just kind of coach O-line and, and that's kind of it. He knows the job. He knows the gig. He knows recruiting is, is a major part of it. Um, and he's been doing this for, for three decades now. So Virginia Tech has a lot of youth, a lot of uh, inexperience, if you will, or younger bodies on the coaching staff. And this is a veteran in the room. Um, and I think that means a lot, especially at the offensive line position. He's a guy that I think is going to coach similar to Vice. Uh, Joe Rudolph ran a bit of a different scheme up front. Um, you know, from what I understand from Ron Crook, he's going to be more of a, a system like Vance Vice ran, which a lot of the players have been recruited to run uh, at Virginia Tech. So, you know, I think that is going to help out a lot there. Uh, and And he just fits. He seems like he's a culture fit. Uh, in Blacksburg, I think that he's a guy that you could probably really relate to well. I think players will relate to him and re- uh, recruits will relate to him. And one thing in talking to some guys that have uh, coached with him or guys that have covered him from the media standpoint and some others, um, you know, I, I think that he's the type of guy. I'm getting the feel that he's the type of guy that is really about development and evaluation, which, you know, when you break down what Virginia Tech has been, you know, since the the rise of Frank Beamer and, and through to now, they're a evaluation and developmental program. They're not the te- a team that's going to go out and land four and five star players year in and year out. They should land a couple four stars, but not not the high end fours and the fives that everybody in the country wants. And you add in NIL on top of that, you know, those guys are already going to Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson and Michigan and Notre Dame you know, play, uh, places like that, Virginia Tech may not compete for a large scale group of guys of that caliber. But what they can be is a team and a program that out evaluates at certain spots. You can't out evaluate the whole country. You can't out evaluate your entire roster or your entire class. But if you pick and choose some, there are always going to be some guys that you can go in and evaluate and, and, and raise up their level of play. You look at what he did at West Virginia, um, you know, he he had a couple of guys that he changed positions, maybe from the defensive line or from tight end, converted them over to O-line, put them in the NFL. You look at Cincinnati, he had, uh, I believe when he uh, left Cincinnati, he had three uh, first-team all-conference players on that offensive line. And I don't think they were recruited 
you know, at the super high level, you know, they're three-star type of guys, guys within, you know, within reach and within the wheelhouse. And you just coach them up, develop them up, develop their bodies, and then teach them how to be very good offensive linemen. So, you know, when, when talking to guys that know him and that have followed him and have uh, covered him, it seems like he's the guy that's going to get the most out of his players. He seems to be a guy that uh, is, is able to turn around uh, offensive lines quickly and he's, he doesn't seem to be afraid of using the portal. We've seen uh, now it's been, only been a few cycles uh, for the portal, but we've seen that he's used the portal a little bit at the places he's been before. Doesn't seem to be a guy that will shy away from it. And we know Virginia Tech needs some offensive tackles. So maybe he's a guy that will start to uh, evaluate that portal. Could even have a couple guys in mind maybe to add in uh, before the summer. But, you know, with spring practice just now starting, I think it's uh, – a perfect time to kind of see what he has look back and and look at the the roster and figure out what holes he needs and then he's got a portal window coming up here soon where he can try and uh you know evaluate those guys and maybe get one or two of them to come to blacksburg this summer yeah definitely some interesting insight and a name that probably not a lot of people had had considered or thought about coming into the process but evan i think that what made the most noise surrounding this coaching addition is really the shuffle, right? Because as we mentioned, Elijah Brooks taking over as running backs coach. That means Stu Holtz moving to the tight end position. Well, Brad Glenn left. You have a vacancy at the quarterback coach position that will not be filled by an outside name. Instead. It'll be Tyler Bowen acting as offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, a dual role that shouldn't be unfamiliar to Hokie fans, as it's exactly what Brad Cordelson did for his entire tenure. Not necessarily a comparison that Hokie fans want to hear, but that is just the reality of the situation. Bowen never having formally coached quarterbacks before, I think it's raised some eyebrows for some Hokie fans. And I think that the general thought process that I've heard is Bowen's offense, one of the worst in the country last year, left a lot to be desired. Now, not that that falls all on Bowen's shoulders, but there are, you know, there are clearly improvements that he could make, improvements that anyone on the coaching staff could make. You have two quarterbacks in the room with Kyron Drones and Grant Wells, one in Wells who obviously could benefit from some development, and Drones who really has only played a handful of snaps at the collegiate level. People are screaming the sky is falling. Evan, do you agree? What's your insight on this? How is this going to work? And, uh, you know, ultimately, for Brett Pry and his staff, what's the benefit of going this route? Yeah, I don't think the sky is falling at all. I think, uh, you know, for anybody that's a VIP subscriber for, for VT Scoop, you should have known this was coming. This was something that I talked about weeks ago, um, and we talked about it kind of at length, that there could be a shuffling of responsibilities uh, coming with this hire. And that was because, like I mentioned earlier, getting a running backs coach that's a recruiter was was a big deal. Um you know, Stu Holt has positional flexibility because he's been a tight ends coach before. Um, he was at USF and a few other spots. I believe he was at Louisville before he came to Virginia Tech. So 
he has plenty of experience with tight ends. The the question that uh, you know I kind of posed to the board and I was looking at early in this is what do you do with Bowen? Do you move Bowen to being the quarterbacks coach or do you move him to being the O line coach because he's been the O line coach in the past? But it's it's extremely difficult to be an O line coach and an OC at the same time. Um, both demand a whole lot. You know, when you're a quarterback coach and, and the OC, you're kind of running the offense and you're running it through one guy. You know, you got a room of five, six people that you're trying to, you know, get them to learn the offense and get them to learn to play the position better and, and, and things of that nature. When you're an offensive line coach, you go from coaching about six guys to coaching five at once and a, probably, you know, a three deep. You got at least 15, 16 guys adding some walk-ons. You're probably coaching around 20 guys um, at any given time. It's just a lot. It's a lot of workload. Uh, to go out and do that. So, you know, I think it makes sense from that standpoint. And then you obviously have two off the field guys at Virginia Tech that have quarterback experience that can clearly help uh, help Bowen in this situation. So, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a good move. And from the recruiting side of, the, uh, of things, Bowen being the OC and the quarterbacks coach now, his job is to get a quarterback every year. That needs to be his number one job. And he's got really good recruiting connections obviously went out and got Kyron drones out of the portal. Um, you know, if he wants to go portal again or high school or how he wants to do it, his number one job on the recruiting trail right now needs to be lock in a, dy- a dynamite dynamic um, quarterback every cycle. That's your recruiting job as the OC and the quarterbacks coach. So, you know, I don't think it was overly a shock to see the way that they went with it. I just think Bowen going to the O-line would have been way too much uh, to put on him. But putting him at quarterback, surrounding him with some off-the-field off guys that have quarterback experience. And like uh, like Brent Price said, this was a move that was kind of coming for a little while. You know, um, this was something that we, we kind of heard that Bowen was more involved with the quarterbacks at the end of last year. Obviously, last season into the offseason, he was even more involved with the quarterbacks. And then you know, Brad Glenn looking at other opportunities and things like that. This just kind of made sense. It wasn't something that was an over overwhelmingly like a shock. Um, I know people maybe tried to look at the uh, the William and Mary uh, quarterbacks coach as a potential guy, um, but I think really Bowen just made the most sense. If you're going to, if you're if you need to hire an O line coach and you want to hire a dynamite recruiter that can come in at the running backs position, you're going to have to make some shuffling going on. So moving Holt to tight end has made a lot of sense because he's coached it before. He's got a lot of experience there. And then, you know, the elevating Bowen up to quarterbacks coach, everything I've heard since the news was official, everything I heard before it was official, it sounds like this was in the works for a while. And it sounds like there was a lot of buy-in from a lot of the, uh, not only the current players and the current staff, but also recruits as well. Yeah, and ultimately, the position of quarterback coach really does complement the position of offensive coordinator where you're truly directing the offense in a way that offensive line coach does not. So in my opinion, you are correct that that does make a lot of sense. But when you say recruits are buying in, uh, his lack of previous experience directly coaching and directly developing the quarterback position. You don't think that's going to be an issue trying to bring talent to Blacksburg at the quarterback position? 
I don't really think so, because when you think about quarterbacks, you think about the fact that most quarterbacks are going to have a, a – they've been trained, right? You barely – very rarely will get a high school quarterback that's like, I'm just a high school quarterback. I don't have a quarterback trainer. I'm not working at this 100% of my time. These are guys that have been entrenched with quarterback trainers for their whole lives. So you'll have that uh, in the offseason. You also have guys like Jeff Carpenter and Brian Christ up there in Blacksburg that can also really help develop the quarterback position. And when it comes to recruiting, a big thing with recruiting is going to be uh, your relationships and how you can sell. Bowen in the past has sold really well. You know, when he was when he was uh, at Penn State, he was able to sell really well. You know, and he's had a history of being a really good recruiter you look at what he did with Kyron drones this year you know we reported he was going to visit drones on like a thursday by sunday night or monday drones was committed he had come up taken an official and was committed so that's the stuff that you want to see you want to see him be able to sell that and as the quarterbacks coach just like we saw with him as the tight ends coach he was selling the tight ends we're going to get you the ball i can put you in the nfl i have the experience uh you know coaching in the nfl and the connections with quarterback it's you know you're the guy we want you to be the guy this is the offense i'm going to run i'm going to tailor it specifically to you you know you you can know the terminology you can know the verbiage you can go in and say we're going to run an rpo uh type of offense you fit it perfect and here's why i'm the quarterback's coach and i'm telling you you're my guy type of stuff uh there and it kind of takes away a little bit of the you know the uh the the other side of when your quarterback's coach isn't your oc maybe your oc wants a different quarterback to fit his system than the quarterback's coach wants and there can be some some internal struggle on some recruiting uh evaluations when you have it as the same guy i think it just makes sense and when it comes down to it bowen has proved in his past that he's a really good recruiter so now is the time to to see if he can just take it to the next position see if he can go out and and continue guys like kyron drones go out and continue to be able to pull guys whether it's from high school or from uh you know junior college or the transfer portal and be able to pull guys like that i mean drones was a four-star guy in the transfer portal he was a four-star guy out of high school he had some competition out of the transfer portal and virginia tech got it done in about four or five days so I think that should give some definite hope on the on the recruiting side of the house. And then developmentally, you know, like I said, Bowen will be a guy that's going to have to lean on Jeff Carpenter and and Brian Chris. But those two guys have experience. They they are definitely good quarterbacks coaches. And I think that this is a move that while it, it may might seem a little, you know, head scratching on paper without him having the experience as a quarterbacks coach, I think it just makes too much sense not to do it. All right, Evan, so kind of like overall, if you're, you know, if you're a Hokie fan, on a scale of one to 10, what would be your level of satisfaction with the shuffle? And I think that's just in my opinion, before I even let you go, fans who are expecting more, or at least significantly more, need to understand the true difficulty of trying to make hires at this point in the season they, there was never going to be that big splash but given the limitations you know you give the Hokies a you know an a grade a b grade on the way things shook out yeah you, all right so with the with the hires i don't i don't hate it i think it's a solid probably a solid b minus b when you look at the the timing of everything i think you know when you look at elijah brooks and his upside on the recruiting trail it's gotta inflate his numbers a little bit i think he has just so connected in the dmv it's gonna help virginia tech 
uh, at least open some doors and see if they can close on some recruits recruitments there. And in his short time at Maryland, uh, I think he has shown that he has some coaching acumen on the field. They've had some good uh, running back play. And I think that he's a guy that can help Virginia Tech maybe take that next step. And having, you know, having some Big Ten experience, I help. I think that helps because it looks like Virginia Tech wants to run more of a Big Ten type of style. And now you have, you know, another uh, transfer running back with uh, Bashul Tootin that kind of fits into that mold as well. So I like that hire. Uh, with Ron Crook, you got to dig deeper than the surface. You know, I think when you look at what he did at Stanford, you look at what he did at West Virginia, you look at helping take Cincinnati from a G5 school to the college football playoffs. You know, I think that inflates his numbers as well. Now, for him, I want to see more out of the recruiting side of things. You know, he's been a guy that has historically recruited in the three-star range. But when you look at what he what he has done, you look at where he's been, Stanford's incredibly difficult to recruit to. Uh, it's a it's a school that only takes about 20 to 25 percent of the, the typical Division one recruiting pool type of guys because their academic standards are so are so difficult. Um, and then you look at, uh, you know, Cincinnati and West Virginia are, are schools that predominantly will recruit in that mid three star range. Yeah, they'll go above it and they'll also go below it. But when you average it out, they're probably in that mid three star range now. I would like to see him instead of recruiting, you know, 85 to 86 type of guys. I'd like to see 87, 88, 89s uh, for Virginia Tech to really start to build on that offensive line. And I'd also like to see him utilize the transfer portal. You know, he's done it in the past. You know, Rudolph wasn't a big fan of it, uh, but I think that this is a guy that that should be able to to utilize it uh, and evaluate it pretty well. The ones that he's taken out of the portal in the past have hit really at really high rates. So. You know, I think uh, I think Virginia Tech can get better there. I want to see that recruiting step up. His on the field acumen and his coaching his coaching style, I think it fits perfectly. I think what he does off the field fits really well uh, with Blacksburg. Just want to see that recruiting take place. With when you look at the when you look at the time frame and what Virginia Tech was up against, you know, you had, had spring break uh, going on, all the coaches leaving, all the coaches doing there professional development at other schools you got interviews over zoom and then you have spring practice starting up you see that window getting kind of short when you look at what virginia tech was able to do in that shortness i think ron crook makes a lot of sense i think probably a b minus c plus type of guy right now but if you can get that recruiting up you know maybe he was a victim of the schools he was coaching at um if you can get that if you can step up that recruiting a little bit I might even bump that grade up maybe to, to a B, maybe even a B plus. I think he's a guy that really just fits the mold and, and, and is uh, a good fit for the Hokies. And then the, the internal shuffles, obviously keeping Fontel where he was, paying him in the offseason to keep him in Blacksburg, great move by Pry. Moving Holt to, to tight ends makes sense. He's got experience there, um, you know, and I think that he's a guy that if you want to stash a running back coach as a recruiter, he's not your guy. So you bring in Brooks to do that. You move him to tight ends. And then you put Bowen in charge of the whole offense, giving him the most important position on the field at the quarterback position and letting him focus on bringing in a talented quarterback every year is his recruiting uh, pedigree or his, his recruiting uh, priority moving forward. So, all in all, I would say Virginia Tech probably did about as good as I was expecting with the short window. Um, you know, maybe a B minus, maybe a B uh, when it all comes together. If the offense can take a stride forward, obviously there's not further back they can go after last year. 
they take that stride forward. I might even bump that up a little bit. I like what, what Virginia Tech did, and I like the vision that they took. Well, Evan, thanks for taking the time, man. A lot of insight, a lot of real insider knowledge. And thank you, folks, for listening. VT Scoot, 24-7 Sports. Sometime next week, Doug Bowman returns from Las Vegas. Also have some pretty cool interviews coming up. But it was nice to get back on. And I mean, the interviews have been great. But it's good to have a, a little analysis in there as well. And as spring practice rolls on, there's a whole lot more than that came, where that came from. BT Scoop, 24-7 Sports. Andrew Alex for Evan Watkins. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Hokies. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.